Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, as Pastor Jay has stated, it is Unity Month. And he said that it could be you. It could be me. It could be anyone that's going to bring the word. And it's not me today. Amen. So we have one of our very own. I've seen this little girl grow up. She's lived with me. We fought as sisters and brothers. So I have a great honor to present to some and to introduce the others. We all know her, Sister Lori McCall. Amen. Let's give it for Lori. Amen. Come on. <laughs> Hey, y'all. Uh, in true big sister fashion, Mike said, where your shoes at? I said, uh, I forgot. Uh, well, anyway, I'm comfortable. Hey, y'all. How y'all doing? <laughs> Good morning. Um, so, if you will, just bow for a word of prayer with me real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, Lord God. We thank you for the gift of each other. We thank you for the gift of your son. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your presence being here already, Lord God. We thank you. Lord, we pray that the word that you've given me, that it touches somebody, anybody, one person or many. And Lord, I pray that the notes that you've given me, that we're able to take it throughout the week and apply them uh, in, in our daily walk with you, Lord God. And we just thank you that you have given each of us a gift, and you have given us uniqueness, you've given us diversity, and you've given us unity with each other. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all. Here we go. <laughs> so, um, as Pastor Jaya said, uh, this month we are talking about unity. As the song says, I need you, you need me. Uh, we're all a part of God's body which is true. Um, and so we're going to learn how, why, what reference we have, where to go if we need to learn. You know, when somebody's getting on the nerves, why do I need to be around them? What is my purpose for being at this job that I'm at where people just work my nerves every day? What's the purpose of me being around this person or that person or being on the road and having road rage? What am I supposed to do to react to all of that? So, we're going to learn that today. Um, so bear with me. Uh, you got your Bibles ready? Or phones? Okay, great. All right, so let's go here and there. Okay, all right, okay. Great, so what is unity? I know that um, we touched on the definition last week when Brother Ezra was speaking, he said some things, and so you might hear the same thing over and over, but you know what? It's a part of knowledge, all right? So what is unity? So uh, unity is the state of being united or joined as a whole. Um, unity is also a condition of harmony, which we will talk about that, or also known as accord, something that uh, my 
husband Kendall and I always say, whenever we think about the same thing or say the same thing, we always say we're on one accord. Uh, and uh, the other definition I have, uh, unity, is the state of being one or oneness. Um, that could be oneness of mind, oneness of feeling, oneness in Jesus, just the state of being one. All right, so um, I have a quote for you guys, and that quote says, the definition of unity is oneness of purpose, not sameness of being. Like a quilt with various colors and patterns that have been blended together into a harmonious whole, a church in unity celebrates each, each person's unique place in the divine design. And that's by Pastor Tony Evans. Um, <clears throat> there's a few things I want to talk about just breaking this quote down. Uh, the definition of unity is oneness of purpose, not the sameness of being. So um, a lot of times we confuse unity for all of us being the same. Well, we're not robots in Christ. That's not what he called us to be, um, which is why he gave us freedom to choose, right? He gave us the ability to choose him, to choose to walk with him, to choose to love, to choose to be unified. Uh, but it's the oneness of purpose, and our purpose is to further the kingdom of God, right? It, our purpose is to love one, of, one another. That is the commandment that he's given us, is to love each other as we love ourselves and to love him ultimately, right? All right. So let's move right on along. Um, he also said harmony, harmonious. So, of course, me being a music person, um, I always think about how you can join different notes together. If you listen to any gospel song from back in the day when all the choirs are singing different notes and, and things, all of that comes together to form one song. You can put different notes together to form one chord, right? So you think about unity, think about harmony, think about all of us are different in different ways, but we join together to form one, one purpose under God, right? Um, another thing I'm reminded of is uh, how many of y'all saw a drum line? One band, one sound. Okay, I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> We're one band with one sound. Okay. <laughs> All right, y'all. Let's go on to the next point. Um, let's see here. <sighs> Unity is love. And we cannot have unity or harmony in the body of Christ without love. Meaning, in our daily walk with God, we need to ask him, how can I love better? How can I love myself better? How can I love my neighbor better? Um, in learning how to love God, we learn how to love ourselves, and we learn how to love each other. So in your daily walk with God, uh, when you're praying, when you're reading, when you're thinking, because it doesn't have to be anything formal, just talk to him. Even if it's just a thought, say, Lord, how can I love myself better? How can I love you better? How can I show this to, each, to my fellow man or woman? Um, we 
are one body, we are always in need of each other. I want you guys to turn with me to 1 Peter 3 and 8. When you get there, say amen, please. And the scripture reads from 1 Peter 3 and 8. It says, finally, all of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters, be tenderhearted, and keep a humble attitude. Now, this is a different translation. However, the word does say, it tells you right there, sympathize with each other, love each other as brothers and sisters, be tenderhearted, and keep a humble attitude. Um, the next point is, there is unity in diversity. Unity in diversity. Um, and, and one thing about it, in this world today that we live in, I, I'm not sure why, but diversity, diversity um, sometimes can be skewed to be a bad thing. I'm not really sure why, but there is no division in diversity. There is no division in diversity. God made us diverse because he knew that in order to fit this world that he created for us, we would all need different talents. We would all need different gifts. We would all need to, I am not a carpenter, but I need somebody that's going to be able to build furniture for me, right? I am not an electrician, but I need somebody to help me with the electricity in my house, right? But you might be able to do that. You might not be able to play the piano, but I can do that for you if you need, you know, a birthday song or something, you know. We are all here to help each other. Um, so, you know, when you get a chance, talk to your neighbors, find out what they do, and, um, you know, even sit with them and find out how did you get to this point? How did you learn these things? Let them know, you know, that's really interesting, and, you know, I might need you, or I know somebody that needs you. That's how you help further the kingdom of God. All right. So, turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12. Now, I read the whole chapter, but I'm not going to read the whole chapter to you guys. Um, but this translation that I'm reading from is the message translation. Um, so, but I'm going to encourage you guys to please, when you get a moment, um, just to learn more about yourselves and God's purpose for you and each other. Of course, read the whole Bible, but read 1 Corinthians 12. It's really informative. All right, so starting at verse 4, it says, Whew, God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. There's wise counsel, clear understanding, simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, Proclamation, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. All these gifts have a common origin, but are handed out one by one by the one spirit of God. 
He decides who gets what and when. So, um, you know, when we come to church, especially as, as kids, young people, we see people shouting, we see people speaking in tongues, we see people lay folks out in the spirit, and we don't understand, you know, what's going on until we learn more about God, you know, in Sunday school or at home. Um, we see a pastor, we see a deacon, we see, you know, we see ushers, we see people in various roles. However, everybody is working together in the what people say the lane <laughs> that God has given them and the, the gifts that God has given them to be able to reach out to one another, to make people feel welcome, to be able to assist the pastor. You have armor bearers, well, that's the formal name, right? Um, and you have musicians, you have drummers, you have singers, you have people that work behind the scenes, you have all types of people. You got Brother Willie who helps keep everything afloat with the structure and mechanics and things I don't understand, but just because I don't understand it, God knows that he would be able to do it, right? That he would understand all of that. It doesn't mean that there's anything less in me because I don't understand that. That just means that God has given me and you a different strength, right? And God is great like that because, I mean, you think about how in the world did God make billions and billions of people and in each person he's giving them something unique to do, right? That is so cool, right? <laughs> but, um, you know, something that we talked about that me and my husband talked about this week, that comparison is the thief of joy, right? Um, honestly speaking, I'm somebody that's always compared themselves to the next person, and God doesn't want me to do that. Because the gift that he's given me to be able to play or to sing or to teach or to cook, um, it may not be the same as somebody else's, but there's certain things about the way that I do it that touches somebody, you know? And there's certain way, things about the way somebody else does it that touches somebody else. So, you know, at, at the end of the day, if it all gets glory to God, that is the purpose, correct? <laughs> Woo! So you might find that I'm also preaching to myself. <laughs> all right, guys, let's also uh, kind of go further into 1 Corinthians 12. Let's go to uh, verse 27. Um, so you only got to scan down. It also reads, you are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. You're familiar with some of the parts that God has formed in this church, in his church, which is his body. So that's apostles, prophets, teachers, miracle workers, healers, helpers, organizers, those who pray in tongues. But it's obvious by now, isn't it, that Christ's church is a complete body and not a gigantic, un, uh, unidimensional part. It's not all apostles. It's not all prophets, not all miracle workers, not all healers, not all prayer in tongues, not all interpreters of tongues. And yet some of you keep competing for the so-called important parts. But now I want to lay out a far better way for you. Um, you know, diversity does not equal division. There is beauty in diversity. So even, even though we all do different things, whether it's 
in the body of Christ in church, the physical church, um, or at our jobs, or in school, doesn't mean we have to compete with each other. We're not competing. We're not trying to get the better of somebody else. What God has for you is for you. I want you guys to say, what God has for me is for me. And I want you to believe that because he put you in that position. And anywhere that you are right now, whether you're in a tough situation, whether you're in a great situation right now, whether you're, you know, about to go on vacation next week, whether you're struggling for money or what have you, whatever purpose, whatever thing that you're dealing with right now, God has you in that place for a reason. That number one reason is to always focus on him and to give him praise even for the little things that are going on. I mean, yeah, I might not be able to pay this bill right now, but I'm breathing. Yeah, I might not be able to buy this car that I want right now, but I'm able to walk, you know? Um, yeah, I might not be able to cheat on my diet and eat what I want to eat, but I can eat, you know? I'm in my right mind. God has done so many things. For my family, he has watched over my family overnight, and we all woke up together. That is something that I do every single day. First thing I wake up in the morning, and even if it's not a long, drawn-out prayer, I just say, thank you, Lord, for watching over our family. Thank you, Lord, for waking us up this morning and everybody being in good health. Thank you for being here and loving us, you know. So, don't know where that was going, but yeah, <laughs> diversity does not equal division. Um, we don't have to compete with each other. We don't have to cause division where you feel like you might get a one-up on somebody else. That's not necessary. That's doing more damage than good, and not to that other person, but to yourself. One thing, one thing about it, uh, when I was working in the corporate world, I'm, I'm working at home right now with the children, but, and that's work. But, um, you know, even working out in the corporate field, um, Sometimes I'd sit back and I'm looking, I'm like, why is everybody so up in arms about this and that? And why do people feel like they got to undermine the next person? Why do they feel like they need to cut somebody with their words? Or why do they feel like they need to say something slick or this and that? That's not of God. It's better to, to be quiet and just sit there and, and observe. It's just something that I admire about my husband because he, he always just sits back. He doesn't react to things. He just watches and he listens, and that is the opposite of me. Opposite. I'm telling y'all. I'm, I'm screaming. I'm doing this. And Kendall's just like, okay. <laughs> but that, that is of God. It, it's for us to just be still. When God says to be still and know, be still. Just focus on him. You'll be able to see things that you wouldn't normally be able to see. And God is watching out for you. So that's why we don't need to compete for each other or to, to argue with one another. When we're in the body of Christ, we are one. We should work fully on being unified, fully on, you know, loving one another. And, you know, if something happens and, well, you offended me. When God says to work fully on being unified, that means let me sit down with you. Let me level with you. Let me figure out what did I do wrong? How can I make this right? And if that person doesn't feel like talking, you know what? Talk to God. He'll make a way. He'll create a way for us to be unified, right? So just wanted to say that. All right. So 
Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Actually, the whole book of 1 Corinthians is, and 2, it's awesome. And Ephesians too. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of instruction in there. Um, so 1 Corinthians verse 10. We're doing verse 10 through 13. And it says, I urge you, my brothers and sisters, for the sake of the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to agree to live in unity with one another and put to rest any division that attempts to tear you apart. Be restored as one united body living in perfect harmony. Form a consistent choreography among yourselves, having a common perspective with shared values. My dear brothers and sisters, I have a serious concern I need to bring up with you. For I've been informed by those of Chloe's house, church, that you have been destructively arguing among yourselves. And I need to bring this up because each of you is claiming loyalty to different preachers. Some are saying, I'm a disciple of Paul, or I'm a fo I follow Apollos, or I'm a disciple of Peter, the rock. And some, I belong only to Christ. But let me ask you, is Christ divided up into groups? Did I die on the cross for you? At your baptism, did you pledge yourselves to follow Paul? So background on 1 Corinthians is written by Paul, and it's a letter to the people of Corinth. Um, and, you know, they didn't have cell phones. You couldn't just call people. You hear it. But the thing about it is, you know, the, the crazy thing about it, if you think about it, they're writing letters so if Paul is hearing rumors of something, like, man, they really had to be talking about each other for him to hear wherever he was at, for him to have to send a letter to these people and say, hey, I heard about this. Y'all need to check yourselves. So breaking down the scripture, everybody's like, who's Chloe? Not our Chloe, okay? Not Chloe. But um, in, in, at this particular time, Jesus had many followers, many disciples. So you've got... Apollos is another follower of Christ who's preaching over here. You've got um, Paul, you've got Peter, you've got all these different people who are out. And, you know, you have Bible study, you've got different churches and stuff. So he's like, well, at this particular place, at Chloe's get-together or Chloe's, you know, church get-together, I heard that, you know, y'all are bickering amongst yourselves. Y'all are forming cliques. Y'all are, you know, in the church, and you still have division. You got somebody over here saying that, well, I follow Peter. and But God, Christ didn't die on the cross for everybody to be divided. He, he died on the cross for one purpose, for all of us. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, back when we had televangelism, you had Benny Hinn, you got, you know, all these other John Hagee, and I can't remember. I'm showing my age. But... You got all these different churches. You got all these different um, divisions of church. And it's like, you know, you ever sit back and think, man, well, I'm not apostolic. I'm not Church of God. I'm not Anglican. I'm not Catholic. You know, I thought all of us were just supposed to focus on Jesus. You know, what? what is with all of the tradition? What's with all of the formalities? You know, you got to do all of this stuff before you can get a... Uh, prayer in you got to do all this stuff before you can get forgiven for a sin and that's not what Jesus said 
you can just go to him first. Of course, nobody can get to the Father but through Jesus, right? So the only thing we have to do is just talk to Jesus. There's nothing else that you got to go through and no avenues and no secret passageways. God is good like that, right? So all of that to say, um, you know, someone is always watching you. And he's, somebody's always watching the body of Christ. And the body of Christ isn't just the church. It's us. Individually. We are the body of Christ, right? So that means that, you know, in, in no matter what you're doing, whether you're here, outside of here, it's all about integrity, right? It's all about, you know, making sure that everything that you do is in excellence. Everything that you do is according to what God has purpose for you to do. And yes, we mess up. Nobody's perfect. I am not perfect. I am not perfect. You're not perfect, and I know that. <laughs> You know, our minds might tell us something like, you know, well, this person is well known, or I'm not Sarah Jakes Roberts, I'm not, you know, T.D. Jakes, I'm not this person, I'm not that, but they're not perfect either, you know what I mean? The only thing that makes us perfect is the Spirit of God. When we're in Him and we're operating through Him, we are on one accord. We can help each other, we need each other, just like we need God, right? Okay. Next point, um, hold please, okay, there we go. So everyone in the body of Christ has a purpose, and that's to build the kingdom. We can only build the kingdom with the gifts God has given to each of us. What I said before, what I can do, you might not be able to, and what you can do, I might not be gifted to do that. But the uniqueness of God's creation always brings glory to his name. When we work together, we create kingdom results. We open the door for God to perform miracles through us, right? So we're always praying for a miracle, and sometimes that, that miracle has been sitting in us the whole time, and God is just waiting for us to talk to him and ask him to work through us for that particular miracle, right? Okay. So um, let's also go to 1 Corinthians 3. And it's just piggybacking off of what we read earlier. Um, uh, verse 5 through 9. And it reads, Who is Apollos, really? Or who is Paul? Aren't we both just servants through whom you believed our message? Aren't each of us doing the ministry the Lord has assigned to us? I was the one, this is Paul, speaking. I was the one who planted the church and Apollos came and cared for it, but it was God who caused it to grow. This means the one who plants is not anybody special, nor the one who waters, for God is the one who brings the supernatural growth. Now, the one who plants and the one who waters are equally, imp equally important on the same, and on the same team, but each will be rewarded for his own work. We are co-workers with God, and you are God's cultivated garden, the house that he is building. Um, so the thing that we need to know, uh, just reading this, is that just like the, the visual that he gave, you know, you're trying to grow a garden, so I might have the dirt that you need. You have the seeds, right? So we can actually put the dirt in the container. You put the seeds in, 
what, a half an inch in or an inch? I don't know. They, they tell you what to do. You put it in there. But I can't tell the seeds to grow, right? Oh, we also need water and sunlight. Somebody else might have that, right? So provide the water. The sun's there. Um, but I can't make the grass you know, grow. I can't make the dirt do what it needs to do. I can't make the bugs do what they need to do for the plant, right? I can't make the sun shine. That is not my lane. God does all of that. So even in the things that we might be good at, you can't sit there and boast amongst yourself, be like, I'm the best at this and, and I'm the best at that because none of that happens without God. None of that gets better without God. None of that even exists without God. So Anything that you do, I urge you um, to pray and talk to God and ask him to um, help you be humble, right? And uh, <laughs> be humble, be humble uh, before him and ask him to help you grow that garden, help you grow whatever gift that it is that, that he's given to you. Um, okay, so the next point is that God created us to be here for each other, to show his love, his works, his kingdom on earth. We cannot achieve unity or be unified being petty, being childish, being fake. We must bear it all and be real with each other and walk in truth. So um, one thing that we uh, believe in here at Momentum is being real with each other, being real before God, uh, because yes, he already knows us, so it, it pays us nothing to, to go through and be fake, or to, to be childish about things, or to, you know, you, because if you do that, you're not being yourself, and you're essentially lying, you know what I mean, and it, why, why would you do that, just be yourself, you never know who you're going to help, if you just be real, be transparent, be truthful. So, um, I'm going to go to Ephesians 4, verse 1 through 4, and this is the Passion Translation. When you get there, say amen. Yay. All right, so it says, as a prisoner of the Lord, this is Paul again, um, as a prisoner of the Lord, I plead with you to walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank given to you your in your divine calling with tender humility and quiet patience always demonstrate gentleness and general uh, generous love towards one another especially towards those who may try your patience dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, it says be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the holy spirit among you in the bonds of peace being one body and one spirit as you were all called into the same glorious hope of divine destiny. Mm. So, uh, humility, patience, gentleness, generous love towards one another, especially towards those who may try your patience. So even if y'all just need to, just take Ephesians 4 and 2 and just put it in your pocket and carry it around with you if you need a gentle reminder when things happen, because things are going to happen, right? Okay. Um, so, God has called us to be real and walk in truth at all times. Live worthy of the calling you have received. 
The second point is, how can I be real? In humility, gentleness, with patience, and bearing, uh, bearing all with one another in love. And also remember that we are one. We are all one under Christ. How can I or we be one in Christ? Funny you should ask. I have some points. All right. So first point is coming from 1 Corinthians 6 and 17. And it reads, anyone joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Deuteronomy 6 and 5. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all of your strength. Ephesians 4 and 3, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. This is how some of the ways that we can be united and one in Christ. So always focus on him. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength. Um, anyone joined to the Lord is one spirit with him and make every effort so that do anything, do every well, do everything that you can <laughs> to keep yourselves united in the spirit. Meaning, when you step out of the spirit, you step into your flesh. So do everything you can to stay in the spirit and respond from the spirit. Right? All right. Second point is how can we be one with each other? Number one, love each other. Show empathy, love, and honesty. That's the way. Help one another. Help me, because I'm going to say I need help with something. So I'll be the first to say, help me with this. Help me. Um, I don't know everything, um, and I probably wouldn't want to be burdened with knowing everything. That's God's position. So, yeah, just help me. Um, and level with each other. You got to be real. What's that song? To be real. To be real. Yeah. All right. So you got to be real with each other. That's the only way that we'll be able to open up and to truly see the beauty that God has put in each of us is to be able to see the works that he's actually done. Everything's not perfect. Everything's not like it is on Facebook or Instagram, and we don't always get to just take the good pictures and have the good angles. Life is real. Life happens. And one thing that's helped me is knowing that somebody else has gone through this. And the good thing about being in the body of Christ with one another is saying, hey, you told me that you went through this. How did you handle this through Christ? Like, how were you able to get through this situation? Somebody might say, well, I read this scripture, or I prayed this prayer, or um, I fasted. Or, you know, there's different things that we can do to help each other in the body of Christ. So I urge you guys to speak with everybody. Listen, um, I heard that Sister Caramanda is speaking at her church to the youth, and one of the points is not letting them despise your youth. So listen, talk to the kids about what's going on. Kids, talk to the adults about what's going on. Teenagers, talk to the elders about what's happening. And elders, I urge you guys to just be transparent with us and let us know that there was once a time when you weren't saved, and there was once a time when you were in the world, and because that helps. That helps a lot. That helps me. I'm going to speak personally. That helps me to see that you're human too. And you haven't been saved all this time. And you haven't been walking on clouds. And, you know, everything's been great, you know. 
uh, for example, I've been through divorce. Somebody else in here has been through divorce. Okay, in our marriage, we have a step-parent. Somebody else in here has either been parented by a step-parent or they've been a step-parent. The good thing about being in the body of Christ is that I can talk to those people or that person and say, hey, how did y'all get through this? And they can show me in the word where it is where God says to be patient, be humble, be gentle, and correct through love. All of those things are in the word. So that's why I need you, and I need you, and I need you, and you get a car, and you get a car. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> All right. So um, last point, and we're going to close out. Um, each one, teach one. So just, um, I know we've heard that in various areas. I know we've got some teachers in here. Um, each one, teach one. When you know better, you do better, right? Um, so help me help you, and I'll help you help me, right? Um, let's go to Ecclesiastes 4 and 9 and 10. Um, and that reads, Two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But if someone who falls alone, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Um, I know we've seen the trucks that said, Two heads are better than one? Wait, no, that's a commercial. What is the, are they plumbers or something? Anyway, two heads are better than one, right? Um, so I need you to help me. And it also says in the Word, where two or more gathered, that's where the, the spirit is. That's where God is, right? So God created us to need each other, right? Um, and then the last verse I want to read is Ecclesiastes 4 and 12. But I wanted to read it from the message translation. So if you get a chance, read uh, the word from the message translation, read it from the Passion translation, but always use it as a reference to the King James Version. Uh, so it reads, by yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. So I want to end it with saying, I need you, you need me, we're all a part of God's body. Stand with me. Agree with me. We'll make it through, okay? With each other, we can do all things. We can do anything, okay? Amen. That was a great word. There was a lot of good nuggets that were in there. Go back and watch if you missed anything to see what, what you missed. Amen. What is unity? Amen. We're going to ask that the, prayer, the intercessory team join us up front. today and you want to be saved 
your opportunity is now. Or if you want to have just prayer to unite your faith with someone else's faith, the opportunity is now. Or if you would like to join Momentum, your time is now. The intercessor team is here to pray with you, not to judge you, but to pray with you in faith. salvation or just prayer or just join momentum there was some good nuggets in there about unity amen well, if all hearts and minds are clear thank you intercessory team stand and be dismissed. God, we come before you today just saying thank you. Thank you for the word that was brought forth today on Lord, today, that it fell on good ground and it fell on great ears, Lord God. We ask that we leave this place, Lord God, that you go with us wherever we may go, that we find unity wherever we may go, where we go, Lord God, that all will be well and that we'll have a great week in your name. Amen.